Jackson's going front. They put on the helmet and pads. What's up, man? This is your teammate, number 57, Brennan Scarlett. And make the big plays. Down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. I put a ton of pressure on myself. I want to be able to go out there and make the plays. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. They want to listen to, you know, the slow songs, the R&B. And I'm like, you know, we got to go play football. Welcome to the Texans Players Show with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. It's Texans Radio. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. And this week, boy, we are so thrilled. We have Wade Smith on the show tonight, Texans Pro Bowler. In fact, we put out a tweet earlier of Wade in his Pro Bowl bucket hat. I called it a floppy hat in the tweet. I guess that's incorrect. But anyway, Wade, uh, great to have you with us. Mark Vandermeer, T.P. Sidhu, Drew Doherty. Always a pleasure to catch up. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing amazing. It's always good to join the show. Glad to hear that my guy Trap J, Travis Johnson, was on the show last week. So I'll try to do my best to to hold up the the other end of our bargain of the, the Smitty and Trap show. We like to do our thing on Sports Radio 610. And so, uh, yeah, looking forward to a great show tonight. Well, I didn't know you guys were born on the same day. I guess uh, maybe I heard that before, but it didn't sink in. So April 26th, you have the same birthday. You guys have terrific chemistry. And you never played together, right? You didn't even overlap with the Houston Texans. You just got to know each other as ambassadors and now Texans legends. Well, the first time I met Travis Johnson, he was lined up across from me and I was blocking him. So that's that's how I first learned who Travis Johnson was. But we met in person at the Super Bowl that was in Dallas. Remember the Ice Bowl in Dallas where the whole city froze over? So Andre Johnson had a a bowling event at at that – somewhere in Dallas. And so I met Travis there. Now, mind you, my wife Rita was there and there was, she used to take pictures and used to get pictures of me playing when I played for the Texans. She used to, she used to take photos of me and she had some really awesome shots. There's a photo of me dumping Travis on his back. Right. (laughs) And I had told her, I was like, that's, that's Travis Johnson. Cause at that time, we knew of each other, but we had never met each other besides playing each other. But I was like, yeah, that's Travis Johnson. And so when we met each other at that Super Bowl event, she goes, oh, baby, that's the one that you dumped in that picture as we're meeting Travis Johnson. And I'm like, yeah, that's him, but let's not make that our first impression. But he just started laughing. You know, Trap, he was like, yeah, you know, you got me. My back was jacked up that game, which it was. He ended up having to have surgery or something after that, not too long after that. So um we we kicked it off there he he was a good sport about it my wife she's kind of a, a straight shooter so she's like yeah that's the way you dumped on his head right <laughs> but the rest since then has been history oh that's great well it's great to have you on the program and we have so much to discuss and by the way um if you missed the news and i don't know how you would have missed it by now but uh the mercari texas bowl has been canceled uh slated for new year's eve and slated to have TCU in Arkansas. And obviously, this is a tough year in all of professional and college sports. And this being college sports and a postseason game, uh, too difficult to pull off due to various issues uh, related to what is going on in 2020. So no Mercari Texas Bowl on Thursday night. We apologize about that. You can follow them on Twitter and on our Twitter account uh, to get uh, ticket refund information or however we're handling it. So we are uh, sorry about that. That's tough, though. Right, Wade? I mean, as uh, as somebody who played professional sports, 
What's your take on all this as far as the way it's all going down in all of sports? I mean, I'm impressed with the NFL being able to pull off the season, but they have resources that a lot of the other sports, especially in college, don't have. Yeah, I just say like this, I'm grateful for whatever we can get. Uh, mm -hmm. Travis and I were on air when everything broke um, back in March here in Houston about the rodeo getting shut down and, and March Madness getting shut down and NBA getting shut down. All this stuff happened while we were on the show. And the breaking news sounder just kept popping off every two seconds. And it, it and we never there, – there was a, a strong feeling that there would be no seasons this year in all sports. And so we've been able to almost complete an NFL season. We've been able to complete an NBA season in a bubble. They're starting another season. Baseball was able to be completed. Um, you got, you know, um, golf is going on. There's there's mm -hmm. all of the major sports have figured out a way to get it done, NHL. And so I'm just grateful for whatever we've been able to get. Um, it's unfortunate that um, the Macari Texas Bowl got canceled, but, you know, TCU was able to play a season. Arkansas was able to play a season. It's unfortunate for the, the Texas Bowl, but um, I, I just have to say I'm grateful that I've been able to watch sports and my kids have been able to participate in sports. And there's been a lot of sports going on around this country. And that wasn't guaranteed um, when everything was going down back in March. Hey, I don't know if a lot of people know this about you, but you just brought it up a little bit. You know, one of your daughters is an elite high school volleyball player and she's going to play somewhere beyond high school. How has that affected what she's done this year? Because yes, yeah, she has her high school team, but she's got other squads as well. Doesn't she? Yeah. So their, their high school season started late. Um, you had to deal with, you know, a player here or there not being able to participate in games or matches because of maybe con contracting the virus or because of contact tracing being on quarantine and them trying to – all of the same stuff that you're seeing in the NFL, uh, seeing in professional sports, the stuff is going on at the high school levels, going on uh, at, at the younger levels. Um, and it's just it's figuring out ways to adapt, figuring out ways to get the best out of a, out of a, a bad situation. And I think that's what you saw out of, out of you know, her, her uh, high school season and they're getting ready to start club ball. They've already started club ball. They've had their first tournament. And so – That'll be going all the way through um, this summer. You're just hoping that her and my, 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 my second oldest, too, plays as well. Hopefully that they'll be able to get through their season and, and not get anything canceled. Because last season it was, it was completely canceled because it, it can't – like they were at midway through their club season and then the last three months got canceled because of the coronavirus. Wade, as a former NFL player yourself, I mean, how strange is it to have social distancing and then – to have the locker room separated the way it is this year. It's not just one locker room. It's like two or three different locker rooms. You can't really have the same camaraderie. Like O-line dinners are such a tradition and the players haven't been able to do that. How much do you think that really affects team chemistry in a season like this? Or does it not? Because obviously think, teams are winning even, even right. despite it. I think it can affect team chemistry, but it's one of those situations where you can't let adversity become an excuse. And I, and I think that if the teams that have figured out how to adapt to what's going on with the pandemic and, and still go out there and perform, those, those, those teams, those organizations, those players, um, they just did a better job of handling the same situation. Everybody has the same things going on. But it, it, I know it's awkward for guys. I know there's – you can always find a silver lining in situations of you can do a team meeting or do a position meeting from 
your home and you don't have to travel to work. And there's some silver linings in that. But for the most part, you want to be around the guys. You want that camaraderie. You need that camaraderie. The O-line dinners are a big deal. And it's not just O-line dinners. D-line goes out. The DBs go out. Every position group has their Thursday night meal where you can talk not just ball, but talk about life, get closer closer as teammates. And, you know, you had guys coming into the locker room this year for the Texans that didn't necessarily know what their teammates looked like until week two, three, two or three of the season because there was no preseason together. Everything was done separately. Like, if you, I couldn't imagine what it would be like for a guy like Eric Murray or David Johnson or just the various guys that came to this team, Brandon Cooks, that came to this team and – weren't able to to just connect on a just face-to-face level with their new teammates. So there's something to be said for that. But like I said, I, I'm of the, the mind of you can't let your adversity become an excuse. And so they, they had every opportunity to play well this year, just like everybody else in the league. Yeah, Wade, you bring up a really good point. And the key in that is you can't let it be an excuse because there's been teams that have won and won big. But it's been interesting – or it was interesting in September hearing guys like that you just mentioned say, yeah, I'd seen my position coach in, in Zoom meetings, but then I'd walk past him in the hall and I didn't realize that was him because he had a mask on. So yeah. a lot of these guys, you know, they just never, never, you know, got into it. And I'm sure that went, I know that went on the other 31 teams around the league. It's just such a bizarre, bizarre year. And one of the many bizarre things in this year that's gone down. Yeah, and, and it's going on in, in the locker rooms in the NFL, but it goes on just in our day-to-day lives. Like yeah. me going up to the school and being at my daughter's volleyball match, but everybody's wearing masks, and you're seeing somebody that like, I think I might know who that is, but I'm not sure who that is. And then when you're in a mask, I don't really like talking that much anyway when you have the yeah. mask on, if I can help it. So the communication and the the, you know, the – camaraderie that you could kind of foster by communicating with people is, is dropped tremendously this year, just in all walks of life. I just, it just, it's just been a weird year, but like I said, I've been very grateful that you're having the opportunity to, to connect and play sports in general and just being able to be around people, whether it's distance or not, you, you, you take, you have appreciation for the little things when you go through, um, a scenario where, okay, you might not be able to go back to school this year, or you might not be able to go back to to your job this year, or figuring out ways to work from home. I mean, we're, we're, the human race is a very resilient bunch of people. And this whole Zoom deal, I mean, Zoom, I'm sure their stock is through the roof. And there is some, there is going to be a lot of businesses, I feel like, that are going to utilize this going forward, because in a lot of ways, it's effective. And you wouldn't have figured this out without this going on so I'm a, I'm gonna I'm an I'm eternal optimist I'm, I'm always going to look at the bright side if I can figure out a way to, to, to look at it and so that's how I'm, I'm looking at this uh this coronavirus I think you know what you said about masks is so true that so much of communication is visual and even if you can hear the person or if they can hear me with the mask on we all kind of read lips to a certain extent without even knowing it. Like I didn't even realize it until I had to wear a mask all the time because how many times do you see also when you're watching games, a coach will pull down the mask so he can say something to somebody else. And I'm thinking that's exactly what the mask is for to prevent. Now you're talking and that's more (laughs) quote dangerous than anything that really spreads it. When you're just standing around, 
it's probably okay that you're not wearing the mask as much, but that's just the way it goes, Wade. And I just think it's fascinating all the different elements of life, like you said, that it touches. But here we go into the final week of the regular season. I wanted to ask you this. Last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, the O-line undergoes major shifts, all right? And you've played three different positions on the O-line, tackle, center, guard. You know what it's all about. These guys are shuffling around. We got Roderick Johnson at right tackle. He knew he was going to play. Now he's got to go to left tackle. Charlie Heck's got to come in at right tackle. Sharping's been playing, but he has to come back in and play. And these guys did great, apparently, because you look at the rushing yard total and the passing yard total. How can that happen? How can they come in and play well against the Cincinnati team that was giving Pittsburgh fits a few days earlier? Um, I think some of the I think some of the plays that they ran. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll run it back a little bit. As far okay. as the the players moving to multiple spots, when you're Roger Johnson, even though you came in that game knowing you're going to be a right tackle, you've been cross training right tackle and left tackle pretty much your entire career because he's never been the bona fide starter. So him being able to move from right to left, that's literally what his job description is. So you expect him to be able to, to go and, and be serviceable at best, I mean, at worst, at, at left tackle when he's been playing over at right tackle. It's, it's the guys that are normally, I'm a left tackle, and you move them out of position where I think you find a little bit more of the issues because they're completely uncomfortable with doing playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage and putting your other hand down. If you're a backup guy, you, that's, that's how you keep your job. So you figure out how to be versatile or you, you find your way out of the league. So same thing with Charlie Heck, even though he's a rookie, he's been, he's been practicing, I'm sure all year long at right tackle and left tackle. And he's also been preparing that if somebody goes down, I got to be ready to go. And so that's what you saw out of him. Max Sharpton's been a starter uh, for uh, all of last year and part of this season. And so him going in and playing the game, you don't expect there to be any drop-off or much of a drop-off at all from the starter because he's been a starter himself. Um, as far as the, the effectiveness in the run game, I, I, I like some of the stuff I saw out of the play calling where they were running outside zone, very similar to stuff that you would see back when I was playing for the Texans. And you saw them – uh, stretching the defense in the, and David Johnson doing a really good job of pressing the hole, which means run as, as, as long as you can to the play side until you can't put your foot in the ground and get north and south. Very similar to what you guys saw out of Arian Foster and the Ben Tates and Justin Forsett's of the world. And so they did that at a very, very high level. And I think a lot of the plays in the run game, there wasn't a lot of guesswork. They just called them and ran them. And, and let those guys figure out how to get guys blocked by, instead of necessarily getting into the perfect play every time. And so you saw it pay dividends in the run game. And hopefully they can do that again this week against the Tennessee Titans. Wade, when you guys really had it going on in 11 and 12 with the O-line, and it was so tight, it was so cohesive, uh, besides the players being good, what is there about that? I mean, Andre told me once that, it's not even necessarily the five best guys. It's the five guys who play the best together. That means all the difference on the O-line. And it seems like you guys had a combination of both those things going on. Good players and playing well together. But what is that? How do you get that, that tightness, that cohesion that you're looking for? So when I arrived in Houston in 2010, like there was four starters that were returning. It was Dwayne Brown was at left tackle. Chris was the center. The right guard was Mike Brazell, and the right tackle was Eric Winston. And they had all been in the system for, I think, a minimum of two years each, probably three years. Each one of them were in the system for three years. 
And I came from a system in, in Kansas City where we, were, we did a, a lot of the similar stuff as far as running outside zone. And so it was a matter of me being a veteran guy. I was the oldest guy in the room, um, being a veteran guy, coming in the room, bringing kind of a different attitude. I was, I was uh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this, but I, was, I wasn't the nicest of football players when I played the game. I kind of tried to play the game with an edge. And so um, kind of brought that mentality into the room. And in 2010, we went from an offensive line that was – in 2009, the Texans were, told, were said to be soft and um, they couldn't run the ball when they needed to run the ball. To 2010, we had the, the rushing champion in Arian Foster. was a guy that was an undrafted free agent. So we went from that in 2009 to in 2010, people saying – um, you know, I'm not looking forward to playing the Texans because they'll get after you. 231 yards rushing by Arian in the first game against the Colts. Like, that's what we changed into. And, and it, was, it was a matter of those guys already being in the system, me understanding the system, bringing kind of my, my attitude and competitive nature within one another on the line. We were very competitive with one another, um, playing and play out of like, we want to be the guy that finishes um, our blocks. And we, when, you, when the film gets turned on, we want to be the one that they're pointing at. Say, you see what you see what oh, you see what Smitty did on this play, or you see what D Brown did on this play, or look at Myers. Like we would, we would, we would be the ultimate hyper uppers of one another in the meeting rooms. Myers, we called Myers triceps because the guards the guards would set up the the, the defensive tackles, the three techniques. We'd be blocking them. He'd come and push them, and they'd fly five yards, they'll go from the B gap into the, the E gap. And there's these big gaping holes because of triceps. But we, we competed with each other, but we also um, showed love to one another. And, and that translated to by the time we got to 2011, 2012, it translated to a bunch of wins. We got better on defense, became a better team. And uh, it, it, was, it was a fun time to be here in Houston. And it was my, the best years of, of my career. I mean, unforgettable stuff right there uh, in those years. All right, so, you know, I hate to take us all down memory lane, but you know I'm going to do it. So here we go. So in 2010, you have an outstanding year offensively. I mean, the numbers were really good, rushing champion and everything, but the record wasn't where you wanted it to be. But the next year, you see what happens on the defensive side of the ball. And we all know that it's a team and everybody sticks together, but that had to be impossible not to take note of, especially after the lockout. Oh, my gosh, Wade Phillips is here. We just brought in... Daniel Manning and Jonathan Joseph and this uh, 99 rookie guy looks pretty decent what he's doing in training camp. What was that camp like when everybody came together on that side of the ball and you guys could witness it firsthand? Well, we, we had very high expectations when we started winning ball games. I don't think anyone was surprised because we knew what we had offensively. We brought everybody back except for Vontae. That was tough losing Vontae, but we, we had, I think it was Lawrence Vickers was that year. Yeah. And, and Lawrence Vickers was known as a guy that was going to hit you in the mouth. And for a fullback, that's what you want. And so he came in and just fit into Vontae's role. And we knew offensively we could move the ball on anybody, whether it's running the ball or throwing it. Remember in 2010, we passed the ball, excuse me, ran the ball for 231 with Arian on week one. And then week two, uh, Shabby breaks a record like 527 yards or whatever it was when he throws that, that touchdown to win the game. With uh, to, to Dre, the iconic picture. So we knew we had a, a hell of an offense. They started making those moves um, defensively where you bring in Wade Phillips and Wade Phillips historically, his first year with the team, they're going to have top two or three defense in the NFL, which they, they ended up having once he got there. And then, like you said, Daniel Manning, uh, Jonathan Joseph, 
J.J. Watt, those guys came into the building and played at a very high level very early on. And we said, you know what? We're going to be good. And because we knew – because th- there were times in 2010 where Coops would come into the meeting room and he'd say, hey, you understand what, what the deal we have going on um, on the other side of the ball? You guys got to take it upon your shoulder to go win these games and close out these games. And, and we knew that as an offense is that – we had to score a bunch of points because we were going to give up a bunch of points. We just knew that we didn't have the players. We didn't necessarily have the scheme to get it done. But we had the temperament that we were just like, the hell with it. We'll, we'll go win the game. It's fine. And it didn't work out as many times as we would have liked, but our offense was a, was a good offense. Now you match that together with a, with a defense that, that was super competitive with us in training camp. Um, which was different because the year before in training camp, our offense was just running through our defense. You don't, you don't want to see your defense um, or you don't want to see your offense just dominate training camp. That's, yeah. that's a bad sign of what's going to go on during the season. So um, we were, it was a very competitive against our defense. And we already had some guys the year before Antonio Smith and Mario Williams and Connor Barn. We had some guys, we had a young guy in Kareem Jackson in the corner that he got better in his second year. Um, Glover Quinn moved from cornerback to safety. That helped us tremendously. Like there were some moves that were made that helped us kind of realize who we are. And I'll tell people to this day, 2011, I was, I didn't go to a Super Bowl. I didn't win a Super Bowl, but I played on a Super Bowl caliber team. If you look at the amount of count, the talent we had on this team, on that team, and you look at the way we were able to handle adversity on that team, we were a Super Bowl caliber team we just at the, the everybody knows the key spot on a, on a team is the quarterback that's why um, people are so excited about the Texans now is because you have Deshaun Watson but you lose Matt Schaub in week I can't believe it, I think it was like week 10 or something like that and you lose him on a little fluke play and TJ TJ came in and, and played his heart out and he did an excellent job for a rookie but when we, we, we play a, a playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens on the road, if you turn the ball over, you're not going to be able to win. Even though if you go back and watch that game, we were winning up front offense and defense lines. Oh, you know, yeah. We just turned the ball. We, we physically at the end of the game, I didn't feel like they were better than us at all because right. we were better than them. And so we just, you know, turn the ball over. You don't give yourself a chance. And so, um, you know, if you have your quarterback in, I don't think a lot of that happens. And so, that team was a Super Bowl caliber team. We just didn't make it there. Four turnovers in that game. Okay, Wade Smith stays with us, and uh, he mentioned Deshaun Watson. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about uh, the floppy hat, the bucket hat a little bit, or why Wade was wearing it, the event that he wore it at. And then some here on the Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. Keep it here for more of the Texans Players Show right here on Texans Radio. massive capacity and ultra low lag this is the 5g america's been waiting for only from verizon 5g ultra wideband available only in parts of select cities 5g nationwide available in 1800 plus cities bold statement saving money with geico is almost better than watching football think about it when you're watching the game yelling at the quarterback to throw the ball throw it williams is wide open why are you doing this to me use that rocket arm come on they don't listen to you But if you went into a Geico office and yelled, someone please help me save some money on car insurance, everyone would hop to it. 
Except the intern, because it's his first day and he doesn't even have a computer yet. See? Better. Switch and save with GEICO. It's almost better than sports. Hey, parents and teachers. We know teaching kids at home can be hard, and teaching math can be even harder. Well, Schlumberger and the Houston Texans are here to make math fun with the Texans Stats Challenge. Get your student in the game with worksheets, videos, tips, and more to make math fun using the game of football, all for free. The Stats Challenge, presented by Schlumberger, is designed for sixth grade students and covers a variety of math topics. Find the Stats Challenge and other great resources as we continue to huddle at home at HoustonTexans.com community. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. From annual checkups to managing chronic conditions, taking care of your health should always be a priority. At Houston Methodist, our primary care doctors are available to provide personalized care for you and your family safely. We offer a variety of convenient ways to get care from us, from same-day sick visits to extended hours at select locations. And we are taking every precaution to keep you safe during your visit. Choose your doctor or schedule online at HoustonMethodist.org slash stay healthy. More Texans Radio is on the way. Introducing Texans Fit, a world-class Houston Texans fitness experience where members train like the pros. Take your workouts and recovery to the next level with cutting-edge equipment, exceptional coaches, and deluxe amenities. Texans Fit facilities are now open in Rosenberg and Katy. Visit TexansFit.com today to learn more about membership benefits, health and safety protocols, and limited time pricing. Texans Fit, where you can train like the pros. Hey, Texans fans, Drew Doherty here. Are you looking for a new home? First Community Credit Union has everything from purchase loans to construction loans, VA loans, and more. With our competitive rates, low to no closing costs, and rate match guarantee, FCCU can help you navigate home ownership. Discover your options at FCCU and get pre-approved today at FCCU.org forward slash home loans. First Community Credit Union is the official credit union of the Houston Texans. First Community Credit Union is an equal housing opportunity lender. Texans fans, if your head's in the game, you're not thinking of hunger. But keep an eye on that scoreboard, because if your team scores two touchdowns at this week's game, you'll score a free Jumbo Jack at Jack in the Box when you purchase a large drink. Stop by a participating Jack in the Box location the day after the game to get your touchdown celebration meal on. Touchdown! How's that for some extra points? Positive energy is everywhere. Reliant and the Houston Texans are powering a brighter future for students across the city. Through the Scholarship for Champions program, we've committed over half a million dollars to make college dreams a reality for Houston students. And we're helping students connect to the classroom with the technology, tools, and programming they need to truly succeed. We're proud to give back to our hometown and invest in our future leaders. Reliant is proud to be the official energy provider of the Houston Texans. 
Texans' New Year's resolution to hire the right head coach. You got Eric the Enemy in Kansas City, Matt Eberflus from the Colts, Arthur Smith with Tennessee, Robert Sala, defensive coordinator at the 49ers. And as candidates continue to get interviewed, we'll have the news for you first. Happy New Year, Houston. Insider Access, exclusive content, Sports Radio 610. The Texans play Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and healthcare, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. We're back for more of the Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. It's the Texans Players Show, and Wade Smith is our guest. Mark Vandermeer, DP Sidhu, and Drew Doherty with you. And, boy, we are reminiscing a little bit about the 2011 team, 2010 team, and Wade playing on that terrific O-line. And you mentioned the 2011 team that had 16 pro bowlers on it, guys who either had been, would be going, or went that year. And you went the following year, Wade, uh, with the 2012 bunch, nine Texans Pro Bowlers, an all-time record. What was that like for you? What was the experience like going to Hawaii? And my goodness, wasn't it nice that you got to go to Hawaii instead of Orlando? Not that Orlando's so bad, but, I mean, come on. It's Hawaii. I know, I know that had to be a good trip. Yeah, man. It, it was cool to be able to, to fly my mom, dad, um, brothers and sisters, of course, my wife and kids out there. And to experience being in Hawaii, I didn't love the flight there, but once we made it, <laughs> to, once we made it to Hawaii, it was, it was, it was a, it was a hell of a time. I enjoyed everything about it. Um, being in the huddle with a bunch of my teammates because I think we had six Pro Bowlers on offense. It was like myself, OD, D Brown, Chris. Like, me, there were times in the huddle where it felt like I was at practice because Arians <laughs> at running back, you know, Shabby's at quarterback. Um, there was a time in the huddle where they would just put all the Texans guys in at the same time. Yeah. So Chris at center, I was at left guard, Dwayne was at left tackle. We had Arian, OD, and Shop all in the huddle at the same time, and Dre. So that's seven offensive guys, which is which is crazy. And so it felt like practice in some moments, but in other moments, it's like, all right, Peyton Manning is in the huddle right now. My left tackle is Joe Thomas. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. So uh, it it was a it was a great experience to be there. Um, to especially it being my 10th year in the league and finally making it to the Pro Bowl. The, the way the Pro Bowl works is is you kind of put in your work, especially if you're offensive lineman, you put in your work and people start understanding who you are as a player. And then once your team is good enough, you kind of get the recognition that you that you really earn. Like if I if I had to grade my seasons, my 2010 season was better than my 2011 and 2012 season. But yet I didn't get to go to the Pro Bowl until 2012. You know what I mean? Because after 2010, people start – you get on the radar like, well, who are these guys that's blocking for this Arian Foster guy that is, is, is allowing him to get all these yards? And you start looking, and we get on, we're getting on more national tellers by his game. And you're seeing, oh, okay, I see the left guard and left tackle is good, and Chris Myers is center, and these guys are good. And then finally you get your recognition. And so it was cool to finally get that, that recognition from your peers and from the coaches and from the fans. It's funny that you mentioned that because I remember Laramie Tunsil saying it last year when he was 
nominated to his first Pro Bowl. He said being um, blocking for the blind side of Deshaun Watson, he's like, people now notice me more than when I was in Miami. So just being on the, the line that's allowing Deshaun Watson to do Deshaun Watson things um, really had people noticing what Laramie's able to do. With that being said, now that you've seen him two years in the system, do you think he's, um, you know, where do you think he's really gotten better? He just seems so smooth out there and penalties have gone down and, and, and how much more comfortable does he look to you just being out there this year? He, he definitely looks a lot more comfortable than he was last year. You got to think about it. He showed up, I think, 10 days, if it was, I think it was 10 days before the season started against New Orleans on the road mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure it out on the fly. And so, and, and, and it's, it was very difficult for him, but he played at a very high level last year. He continued to play at a high level this year. Um, he's had a better year than he did last year. Where he's gotten better, I think the, the main thing where he got better was understanding the, the system, understanding um, the cadence, the snap count, all that type of stuff. So he cut his I, – I don't know how many penalties he's had this year, but it's been a handful. It's been, it's been one of those numbers where you say as an offensive line coach or you say as a teammate, it's like, okay, it's not costing us anything, the random penalty he gets here and there, especially for left tackles. Left tackles have to get out and block the best guy on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So sometimes they're going to get out a little bit early, a little quick. And so he, he's gotten better with that, which you expected him to, but he, he was going to have to deal with not having the preseason like you would have thought. But playing all the last season, him being a veteran guy, he's come in and, and he's been what we all thought he was going to be, is he's going to be one of the top left tackles in the NFL. And that's what he's shown this season. So I'm excited about what he continues to do going forward. So, Wade, with that in mind, what we saw from Tunsil this season, what we saw from him last season, let's play a little game. And it's we're going back in time to September 1st, and we're all having a fun conversation with you, Wade, our good pal, saying, Wade, LT plays like that. J.J. Watt plays all 15 games. And through 15 games, Deshaun Watson completes 70.1% of his passes for 4,400 yards and change. He has 30 touchdown passes and just six interceptions. With all that, what are the Texans going to be like heading into that final game, week 17 against the Titans? I would have I said that they're playing for the division championship against the Titans. I, it, to me, you know, looking at the schedule coming into the season, you knew it was going to be very difficult to start fast, but – you just you just assume looking at the schedule and based off of what you thought coming into the season that they were going to get on track as the season went on and it was going to come down to the wire because I thought the Tennessee Titans were going to be a good football team as well. To me, the Week 17 matchup was going to be to determine who won the AFC South. And as we all know, that that hasn't transpired. And it, it's, not, it's not baffling why it happened, but when you put those stats out there, you see how Deshaun Watson has improved. Um, statistically as a quarterback, um, not necessarily having the same weapons that he's had in the past, but figuring out how to use whoever's available because he's had multiple guys he's had to throw the ball to and count on throughout this season for various reasons. But if you're, you're telling me that you can get Chad Hansen 100-yard receiving games and a guy like KQT who hasn't played much all year, then all of a sudden he comes out and is playing at a high level and Brandon Cook's in and out of lineup, Will Fuller earlier in the year, you, you know, Week to week, you don't know which tight end is going to get completions and, and get opportunities, but he has multiple tight ends that he's been able to get the ball to. Um, he's just played at a very, 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 very high level. I mean, when I watch him play, I just think to myself, like, this 
this kid is unreal. Like he and and he's really not a kid anymore. He's he's progressed to the point where he's in the conversation with the best quarterbacks in the league. And I mean, he had and he's had to do it with a lot of adversity this year. Had to do it through a lot of um, changes and, and turmoil within the organization. But he continues to get it done week in and week out. And so he he is a, a huge reason for my excitement, and I'm sure for a lot of people's excitement for this franchise going forward. I feel like we're in a Jeopardy category, things that are baffling for 200 now, because along with all that, you know, the slow starts to every game, not being able to score on the opening drive, that just seems like like this overarching storyline that started last year. It's really befuddled people this year, too, that no matter how well the offense plays in the second half, third quarter, fourth quarter, that opening drive for some reason, they just can't get things going until either later in the first quarter, sometimes even the second quarter. When you're watching the game, you know, what does that look like to you as a former player? Like why things are not clicking on that opening drive? Why it's so many three and outs? You know, it's a talented offense. You know what Deshaun Watson can do, but what is really, what what do you think could be going on early on in these games? Um, I liken it to this, and I liken it to boxing. I just think that Bill O'Brien's offense and Tim Kelly, of course, he's the coordinator now making the play calls, but the, the, the philosophy is of a counterpuncher. Um, you have boxers that, and there's been some excellent boxers that were counterpunchers, but they're just going to throw some testers out there. They're going to throw some jabs to see what they're doing earlier in the game, and then we're going to adjust, adapt, and then we're going we're gonna to get you. And then you have other people that are aggressive that are going to come after you um, early on in the game because based off of what they study throughout um, leading up to your game, we, they know in certain situations you're going to give us a certain look. And on this, this first 15 play script, we, we're going to put them in situations that we know they don't like to be in and we're going to exploit them and get a lead early in the game. I tweeted this during the, the Vikings game against the, uh, the Vikings were playing – who were they playing the other day? They were playing somebody. They got blown out. But that first drive of the game, Gary Kubiak is calling plays, and I say he's still the best first team, first 15 play caller yep. in the league. He's the best in the business because he knows how to get defenses on the defense or off balance early on in games. And that first 15 plays and opening drives, if you look at the Vikings, if you just look at throughout his career as a coach, early, it was that way when he was here in Houston. Yep. Our opening drives, we were very, very potent as an offense. And so, but like I said, I think philosophically, the Texans, since Bill O'Brien has been here, the, the mindset is of throwing jabs, counterpunching, figuring out what people are going to do, how they're going to play us, adjusting off that, and then moving forward. And so to me, that's the biggest reason why um, you're not seeing that success early on in games. I don't think that it's almost like not wanting to show your cards too early, just putting some, some stuff out there to see how they're reacting and, and going from there. Okay, we have one more segment. Jeez, this show is flying by. Wade Smith is with us on the Texans Players Show, and we talked about the Pro Bowl. We talked a little bit about the Sean Watson. What about the search for the GM and coach? What are Wade's thoughts on that? That and more coming up on the Texans Players Show on Texans Radio. The Big Finish is up next. The Texans Players Show continues in a moment. My name is Anthony Smith Gray, owner of the Spot Lounge and Bar. Business was great, and then the pandemic hit. 
and I was like, oh my goodness. I needed someone who knew what they were doing. I'm Javon Sterling. She was at risk of being left behind, and I offered to assist. Javon was absolutely fantastic. He understood the dynamics of a small business. Thank you, Amogene. Amogene Bank, a division of Zions Bank Corporation N.A., member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Today tastes like game day at home, like assigned couch seating. <laughs> tastes like coffee table dining and an ice-cold Coke to cool down the heat. It tastes like the game you've waited for all week with friends you've known your whole life. <laughs> Today tastes like watching football is supposed to, and it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola, together tastes better. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. The holidays are full of tradition, but it's time they got a little update. In a brand new Hyundai filled with all the latest technology. And now, during Hyundai Holidays, you'll find big holiday savings on every new Hyundai. Hyundai Holidays. Now get 0% APR for up to 72 months on the 2021 Sonata or up to 2250 cash back. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only, offers end 1421. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details. A Texan's New Year's resolution? For David Johnson to have that type of performance. David Johnson, who's loose again? More than just once per season. Is this the first 100-yard game for David Johnson? Yes, it is. Let's reset the running game in 2021. Happy New Year, Houston. Insider Access, exclusive contest. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. This is Texans Radio. Fun and adventure at three great parks all year long. Downtown Aquarium, Kima Boardwalk, and Galveston Island Pleasure Pier offer thrill rides, games, food, and fun for everyone. Whether you're experiencing the thrills on our roller coasters, taking a journey through exhibits, dining at waterfront restaurants, or soaking up the sun at weekend festivals, there's something for everyone. So come have fun at the Downtown Aquarium, Kima Boardwalk, and Galveston Island Pleasure Pier. Adventure destinations the whole family will love. Buy weekend adventure passes and tickets online now. The Houston Texans, Toro and NOV, have partnered with the Sam Houston Area Council of Boy Scouts of America to present Toro Takes the Bull Out of Bullying. Toro Takes the Bull Out of Bullying, presented by NOV, is an educational assembly about preventing bullying. This year, the Texans and NOV have created an anti-bullying patch for students in the Scout Reach program. Scouts who complete Toro's anti-bullying quiz on HoustonTexans.com will receive the patch. The Texans, NOV, and the Boy Scouts are proud to help stop bullying across Houston. Another hot day in Houston as this game gets underway. Here's the kickoff, caught by Dykin. They're really stepping it up for Houston, Jim. Like all that financial assistance they gave for Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. Yeah, Steve, they gained a lot of yardage on that one. Here's the snap. Oh, and look at that donation to Habitat for Humanity. Did you see all those AC units they provided for low-income housing? These guys would be on fire if they weren't so cool. Dykin is definitely Houston's biggest fan. They're taking this Houston team right into the comfort zone. 
The Houston Texans are proud to partner with Kroger and the Houston Food Bank to tackle hunger in Houston. Huddle Against Hunger, presented by Kroger, is a free, downloadable curriculum that includes activities designed to teach empathy and understanding around hunger in elementary, middle, and high school students, parents, and teachers. Join the huddle now by visiting HoustonTexans.com slash Huddle Against Hunger. Start the new year right during the Xfinity Hello 2021 sales event. For a limited time, ask how to get $250 back when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet. Plus, save hundreds on your wireless bill. The Xfinity Hello 2021 sales event ends soon. So visit Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Ends 11-21. Restrictions apply. New customers only. Actual savings vary and are not guaranteed. Guaranteed. Nearly 3 billion people worldwide live in energy poverty, meaning they lack access to reliable electricity or clean cooking fuels. The natural gas and oil produced by companies like Apache Corporation helps power cleaner electricity, enables access to food, education, and healthcare, and connects us to those we love. Apache is committed to providing the energy the world needs and to elevating families across the globe to higher standards of living. Learn more at ApacheCorp.com. Get the inside scoop on the game straight from the players. It's the Texans Players Show. It's the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer, DP Sidhu, Drew Doherty, and Wade Smith joining us. Wade, uh, I didn't tease this question, but I wanted to ask you about this because we've been talking about 11 and 12. Now, we haven't talked much about 13, okay? 13 was a rough season, but I wanted to ask you because Johnny and I were talking about, Bill O'Brien always says it's an 8-8 eight eight league. And we came up with a new one. It's a one-score league. So many games come down to one score. One-score margin, win or lose. And that year, you lost a lot of one-score games. You lost a lot of really close games. And had they gone the other way, play here, play there, you're looking at a completely different situation, completely different record, obviously. And I don't have to go through all those games in 2013. But you ended up uh, with a massive losing streak to end the season. What's going on in the players' heads during that time? Maybe you can share with us what some of the uh, players now are experiencing as they're going, going through this season because they've got a lot of one-score losses right now. You can see it if they performed better at the moment of truth against the Titans, against the Colts twice, and give me one other game. If they win four more games, and, and it's pretty easy to imagine, they're playing for the division championship this weekend, but they're not right now. So what do you think there? Yeah, going through that season, man, going into that season, we expected that we were going to compete for a Super Bowl once again. We we just felt like we had the players to do that. I think, I know personally, I got hurt during training camp, had to get surgery. And so it, my whole preseason was just trying to get back right so that I can go out there and play. By the time I went out there and started playing again, I was probably like at 65% of who I was. You go back and look at that that San Diego Chargers game, I looked like um, – an unathletic kind of sloppy offensive lineman. And that is the exact opposite of what I was. I was the athletic guy that can go get up to the second level, but my knee wasn't right yet. And so me being nicked up, you had a bunch of guys miss time that season. Arian missed a bunch of time that year. Right. I feel like I remember Dre being in that lineup. We got older and like all of that stuff kind of piled on all at one time. We could, we could never, 
you know, get healthy and go out there and play as a unit. Shabby struggled at quarterback. Um, we just had – that year felt like Murphy's Law. Whatever could go wrong would, went wrong. Like, mm-hmm. we played the Seattle Seahawks, and that was one of those games, just like the Ravens in 2011, where we won that game. We beat them up. On the offensive side, we ran the ball. We wanted to run the ball. And then you look up late in the ball game, and we're trying to, we're trying to run the clock out, basically. We throw a pick six, have to end up going to overtime. And from that point on, the season just craziness happened. A lot of stuff happened. We went into the Kansas City Chiefs games on the road. That was a must-win game for us early in the year. And we, we have the team meeting before the game, and we say, the night before the game, we say, we're going to run the football. We're going to play good defense. We're going to win a close game. We played that game, and we were running the ball early on in the game. Then all of a sudden, we, first of all, we lose one of our running backs because they get sent home. Yep. Um, we, we lose another running back that gets hurt um, right. in that game. Ben Tate had broken ribs. He gets hurt during the game. So we get down to like a first and goal situation. Our running back is uh, – uh, what's the fullback's name from Jacksonville? I can't think of his name right now. No, Greg, It was Greg something, right? Greg Jones. Greg Jones. Greg Jones. Greg Jones is having to be our running back on a goal line situation. And it was just one of those deals. It was like – Anything that could potentially go wrong this year went wrong. And halfway through the season, you're telling guys, if we don't get this, and this is literally what I'm saying while I'm in, while I'm in the training room getting treatment because I'm still recovering from my knee. I was like, if we don't get it right, it's going to be the exact opposite of the way things are today. They're going to be the exact opposite when they bring somebody else in because I've been throughout the, I've been in the league multiple places, been through coaching changes. When they change, it's a 180. It's not a 360, it's a 180. So whatever it was, they're going to find the antithesis of that, and that's what's going to be the new head coach. And that's exactly what happened here with Bill O'Brien. You went from Gary Kubiak to Bill O'Brien. And I was trying to tell guys, like, listen, this is what's going to happen, <laughs> so we got to get this right. And we just never could get it right. We didn't have the people to do it. And I think that's a very similar situation to how the guys feel now. I think you hear the frustration in J.J.'s post-game comments because he looks around him and he doesn't have the guys. Think about all the people that we've named throughout this show. Those guys were all teammates of J.J. at one point, and they're, the majority of them are gone. Um, and they didn't get replaced with enough guys that could carry, right. carry the mantle for those guys that went out the building. And so J.J. almost feels like he's on an island out there when he's playing and gets frustrated um, because he doesn't – when you're an NFL player, you never want to be the reason why you lose a game. You personally, your position group, your side of the ball. You always want to be the reason why you have a chance and not the reason why you don't have a chance. And so that's a lot of the frustration that you hear comes from that because J.J.'s been here throughout all of it, and he's seen the ups and downs of the franchise, and he he wants us to win so much because, like he talked about, the fans want us to win so much. We want to win so much for ourselves. Everybody in the organization wants to win, and and, and it's not happening. So – I would expect whoever the new GM or head coach, and I'm sure this is a nice segue into what we plan on talking about, but I would suspect that the new GM and head coach are going to be, but especially the head coach is going to be completely different than what you got from Bill O'Brien as a head coach. Hey, you just that, really, wait, 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 before ahead, you get into that, you got a really good point that you just put in there about his teammates. Aside from John Weeks and aside from Whitney Merciless, think off the top of your head, which Texans teammate of his has been with this team the longest. You do a real cursory search, 
Nick Martin is the first name that comes up. Yeah. Nick and Martin? We're not even talking about defense, right? We're not even yeah. talking about defense. So. Nick Martin and Kaini Fairbairn are the – and then Deshaun Watson. Wow. You gotta go, if you want to go defensively, you got to go down to Carlos Watkins is wow. the guy with the most experience aside from Weeks. And, and, and they're, what, in their fourth year? Yeah, like, like fourth year. four-year guys, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of like on an island almost. Yeah. You take off those guys. It's kind and of it's, – It's one thing when you lose guys and you, you replace them with guys that are young and, and, and really good football players, but there's not enough of those guys for it to wow. translate on the field. And so that's where the frustration builds up. Right, you were talking about when there's a coaching change, you go 180. So is it easier for players to go this from the Bill O'Brien back to the player-friendly coach than the other way around? I would imagine that 13 to 14 transition was a lot harder on some of the veteran players. Younger players, maybe they don't really know what to expect first year in the NFL. But now do you think that this transition will be easier for some of the existing players for some of the newer players that are, that are coming up here? It's for the very Texans? difficult to paint that answer with a broad brush because some, some players will have that extra autonomy, the ability to just do things when they want to do things and, and that more responsibility they put on their plate and they don't handle that well. Some guys need to be micromanaged. Some guys thrive when they're not micromanaged, when they can, they can let them be a veteran and, and do what they need to do. It's, it's, it's almost, I liken it to this, like there's been classes that you guys have gone through throughout your time in school where you had a teacher that was a pop quiz teacher all the time. Like they're bringing up pop quizzes every two seconds and you know that you always on edge because there's going to be a pop quiz. And then you had other teachers that would just, and you would have three major grades and that's it. And some people thrived in the three major grade classes and some people completely couldn't handle that because that means that throughout this entire semester, they've had to, to, to manage themselves and make sure that they're doing things the right way to get them prepared to, to perform those major tests. And other people were the opposite. So I would just say that, you know, it's going to be different for, for, for individuals are going to, it's going to be individual people are going to thrive with the news, the change of scenery, and some people are going to struggle a little bit with it because they have to basically be more responsible and more mature for themselves. All right. With that being said, then I already know which, I already know which one I would do better with. I would do better with the non-micromanager, but which one was better, a better fit for you, which coaching style? So I'll, I'll look at it like this. I was what they called a pros pro. So either way, I'm going to thrive because I, I took my job seriously. But the, the, the environment that I felt was most like I enjoyed going to work every day was definitely under the player friendly mm -hmm. coach Kubiak. I, I had coach Kubiak as a coach. I had Herm Edwards as a coach. I had Dave Wanstead as coach. These guys are player friendly coaches. But then I also had Eric Mangini as a coach. I had Todd Haley as a coach. Basically, if you're a, um, if you're a Belichick disciple, there's, there's a lot more micromanaging going on. There's something to be said for that. Cause there was a lot of my teammates that I knew were better prepared under those coaching regimes than they would have been under other ones. Right. But if you have a veteran team and you have a player friendly coach, they're going to thrive because veterans have been there, done that. They're, they know how to take responsibilities for themselves. If you got a younger team, and the younger team, those guys are not mature younger players. That autonomy or the player friendly situation, they'll they'll end up weeding themselves out of the league. And that and, and that's out of that team. 
And that's another part of the player-friendly coach thing that I liked is we're not going to micromanage you, but if you don't do your job, you won't be here. And I can, I can function in those type of environments. If, if you're not doing your job, you're going to be gone. If you're not doing your job, you're not going to be playing. So I don't, it doesn't bother me that you're not here because you didn't do what you needed to do to be here anyway. So I, I, I enjoyed the environment where it was player-friendly more, but as far as thriving or not thriving, I never allowed either one of those to be a distraction for me getting my job done and doing my job. Wade, so much fun to visit. Excellent stuff. Quick comment on the uh, children's books. What do you got going on with the foundation? What's happening? Um, so, you know, because the Waysmith Foundation, we like to go to elementary schools throughout the city. Um, we've had to put a pause on that because you, you really can't go to schools anymore. But what we have been doing is doing our Reading with the Pros program through Zoom. And so we've, we've been able to reach schools in Pasadena, Houston. Um, we'll be actually doing some schools in, in South Texas, in Kingsville, uh, nice. coming up in this spring. I'm looking forward to that. So we've still been able to do my, my story times with Smitty events where I'm reading the kids and talking to them about the importance of reading literacy. And we've been able to continue our scholarship program where we gave out um, $15,000 in scholarships this year for Houston area um, high schoolers. And so that, that was cool to, to continue that. And we've given out over $180,000 in scholarships to this point. So you know, hopefully we can, we've had to cancel some fundraisers because you know, you can't do the normal stuff I do. I don't know if you guys know, but we do fashion shows. We do uh, casino events, all those type of things. You really can't do that um, online. But, you know, hopefully we'll get back to where we can do those fundraising things this next year in 2021. But we'll continue to, to be able to reach out to kids um, throughout the city and throughout, throughout the state and, and now throughout the country by using Zoom um, in the meantime. Excellent. Wade, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. See you guys later. Wade Smith, Texans legend, pro bowler. All right, Texans All Access coming up. Stick around. It's Texans Radio. This is Texans Radio. It's Mattress Firm's year-end sale. Hurry in and save up to $500 on top-rated brands like Sealy when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend $6.99 on Sealy. Or save 50% on select mattresses from Sealy and get a queen mattress for just $299.99. Don't wait. Shop in-store, online, or by phone with a sleep expert for these amazing deals. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com sale. Behind every incredible play are thousands of data points you might otherwise miss, such as player speed, field location, and movement patterns. The NFL uses AWS to process this large and complex data in real time. It's called NextGen Stats, and with AWS machine learning and artificial intelligence technology, the NFL has developed ways to uncover deeper insights and expand the fan experience by offering a broader range of advanced stats and visualizations. Visit nextgenstats.nfl.com for all things stats. Next Gen Stats, powered by AWS. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! 
At CDW, we get the future of security works differently. Bruce here loves that I can work from home, but he's not a guard dog. That's okay. HP EliteBook laptops powered by Intel Core V Pro processors and orchestrated by CDW have built-in security features to protect you from threats wherever you are. Intruder? Nope. He just wants to go out again. Ah, IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash hpsecurity. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. More Texans radio in spectacular fashion is on the way. To a child, time spent outside is never a waste. Play is a job and a serious one at that. And each day is a new opportunity for adventure. At Texas Children's Hospital, we're all about happy, healthy kids. And as the official Children's Hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60, we join our hometown team in hoping that in your house, Play never goes out of style. At Mustang Cat, we understand that the work never ends. As the Caterpillar dealer for Southeast Texas, we deliver the equipment, service, parts, and rentals you need to keep doing the work. For a limited time, Mustang Cat is offering 0% financing with no money down on all compact equipment. Learn more at MustangCat.com or call us at 888-MYCAT20. Mustang Cat, building Texas, powering the world. Telemundo Houston is number one for breaking news, weather, entertainment, and sports. Tune in every Sunday night for Houston Texans Primero EDS for complete game highlights. Upcoming Texas. game analysis, plus exclusive interviews all season long with Houston's most experienced sports team. Tune in every Sunday night for Houston Texans, El Mundo Houston y Domina la Acción, exclusive Spanish home of the Houston Texans. The number three means perfection. To some, it even evokes the divine. Introducing the BMW 3 Series, an icon that lives on like never before. Choose between the advanced and dynamic 330i, the adrenaline-inducing M340i, or the electrified 330e. You decide. The icon of all. The 3. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Take advantage of exceptional offers today. Visit HoustonBMWDealers.com for details. Some Western philosopher once said, the point of life is helping each other get through it. These days... Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Texas understands we're all looking forward to getting back to the way things were. But even the days we wish to forget have had moments we'll want to remember. Moments that shaped us, inspired us, defined us. Today, as we continue on this journey forward, reminded with each step of all those people we miss the most, all those things we plan to do again, in person, with open arms, it's never been more clear the importance of having someone right by our side, within reach. Because at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Texas, we know that in the end, how we get through it all will always depend on who we get through it all with. 
Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Texas, a division of Healthcare Service Corporation, a mutual legal reserve company. Houston Texans Lux is the only membership that gives you connections to the top business professionals in Houston and unprecedented access to Texans events. Sign up for the 2021 Lux waitlist. In this uncertain environment, you can count on Houston Texans Lux to work for you. Contact us today for more information on limited Lux memberships. Visit HoustonTexansLux.com or call 832-667-2299. 